that I thought that I was saved. There was a time that I went to the altar as a young man at the age of 10 years old. I went and I repeated everything the man of God told me to repeat, but I wasn't serious in my heart. I didn't know what salvation was about. I was like this man Nicodemus. I didn't know nothing about God. I didn't know nothing about the blood of Jesus Christ. I didn't know what He had done for me on the cross. I had no idea of what it meant to be born again. I had no concept of that. But one day, when I was 17 years old, the Lord started dealing with my heart. And of course, the devil jumped up on my shoulder and said, You're saved. You went to an altar when you was 10 years old. You made the confession of faith and be all right. But you see, the devil wants you to be like a Nicodemus. He wants you to be in a religious state without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And uh, at 10 years old, I did uh, make a profession of faith. I even got baptized. But water, we're going to be dealing with it here in just a little bit. This earthly, fleshly water, this physical water, like say in a river or a creek, that won't wash your sins of what? A lot of people is under the, the false pretense or the false doctrine that that water will wash your sins away. But I tell you, if you just go down to the river and you go down and you get back up, you'll just be a wet sinner. Amen? Now, now today the Lord's put my, on my heart to preach Jesus. That's what He's called me to preach is Jesus. So in every message, I want Jesus to be the center of the message. Because if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ in my life, I wouldn't be here today. But this man Nicodemus, this is kind of like my story. I always wondered how to get what everybody had. I heard testimonies. I heard preachers, the men of God preach, and I always thought, well, you know, I went down to this altar, but how can I have that feeling that they're preaching or they're talking or they're testifying about? Because I didn't have that. And I wanted that. So I was like a Nicodemus. So this, this message is special to my heart. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, there was a day that this, Except a man be born again, came real in my heart. That was the day that the Lord dealt with me about true salvation. I didn't no longer have to pretend or try to fit in. I become a family member of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, what do you mean by that? The Word of God identifies me as a joint heir and as a brother of Christ. It's simple and as wicked as I've been in my life. He forgave me of all and made me a joint heir. That's a blessing. I've got something to be happy and joyous about. I might not have a whole lot in this whole world. I might not never uh, make some big rich man or have a whole lot of wealth. But I tell you what, I'm richer than all the money in this world. I've got a heavenly father that's got unlimited resources. You know, if you want to put it in a fleshly standpoint, he's got he's got zero, 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 as many zeros you can you can imagine in the bank account. There ain't nothing. Hey, when 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 the Lord gives you blessings, you'll never get a bounce but I'm glad if you, if you want to put it in this sense, he wrote out a check that said whosoever, and one day my name was whosoever. I'm glad that the Word of God doesn't say such and such can get saved and this and that can get saved, but he said whosoever. If you come to the knowledge to, to and you, you come to the realization, see this is the problem. A lot of times it doesn't become real in our heart that we are lost and that we are a sinner because we see ourselves as good people. I know some people today that claim to be saved, and I, and I hope they are. I hope they are, but the Word of God talks about fruits in their life. When somebody sees me, I don't want them to see Kevin W. Thompson. I want them to see Jesus in me. Now, is that always the case? I'm going to tell you enough. In the morning time, probably not. 
I'll be honest. And more than I'm probably not. <laughs> but I'm glad that Jesus does forgive us. I'm glad that the blood is forever. I'm glad that He saved me in my past, my present, and my future. That's the key, the future. Because I don't know what I'll do. I would love to live a perfect life, but that's just not the case. My name ain't Jesus. It's Kevin. Amen. But in the second verse it says, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now this is a question. He said, Now I'm old, Lord. How, how, how can these things be? Now he was thinking on a fleshly standpoint. He was thinking about this old bag of bones here. Can I go back in and be reborn? Because see, we're human beings. We have a carnal mind. We think everything in this physical realm. But you know, this book is a spiritual book. And if we don't apply it spiritually to our heart, that's why a lot of people are walking around naming the name of Jesus, but without Jesus. Because it's not about how much I profess Jesus' name. If I was to say, let me go ahead and stop right there. Preach on this just for a minute. You know, just because I say that I'm a preacher, that don't make me a preacher. If God had never called me, I could say, I could stand here and preach all I wanted, but if I didn't have the Lord Jesus Christ in my heart, I'd be lost and dying and going on to a place called hell. That's where I'd be. I would still be on that road of hell. Just because I say I'm a preacher doesn't make me anything. This tie, this shirt, you know, being a good person don't make me anything. The only thing, the only good that I have in me is Jesus Christ because the Word of God says that my righteousness is filthy rags. So if this was my outward righteousness is what I'm wearing and my, my good works, the Bible says they'd be as filthy rags. But I'm glad that Jesus made a change in my life. And if you're here today and you are saved, you've experienced that change. So we have a joy. Even when trials and tribulations come, you know that we have a joy because He said He'd leave us. He would not never leave us comfortless. So anytime that a trial comes up, we have comfort. But I'm, today I'm, I was Nicodemus at this point. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time? And this is so important. I love what Jesus said right here. He said, uh, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now we was just talking about earthly water right here. We weren't talking about going to the river and being baptized first, as some people say. The Word said that He is the living water. Well, I'm glad that today He's the living water. He's a water that no, no matter how many ages you say, oh, He's still the living water. So it says the, the water and the Spirit. So first, we've got to come to know in our heart that Jesus, that He did die, that He did raise on the third day. And we've got to realize that the Father calls it, says, except a man be born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, he separated the flesh and the spirit. Because a lot of times in our lives, we're more on the fleshly side than we are on the spiritual side. I know I am. When I look at something, somebody tells me something, sometimes I have to kind of see it to believe it. Ain't that about the fleshly side? But he's saying, what he's trying to say here, if I told you something physical... Anybody can believe in something they can see. That takes no effort. It doesn't take for if if I see that hat laying right there on my table, I see that's a hat right there because I can see. But if it wasn't there, somebody told me, it'd be hard for me to believe that would. So it would take a lot of effort and trust. See what we're getting down to is trusting with our heart. That's what the Word of God's trying to get us to is trust. All Jesus wants us to do is to trust Him. He'll do the rest. 
And I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and he says, which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So what he's talking about is a new spiritual birth, this newness of life that he will instill in your heart when he comes into your heart. I'm a new creature. If y'all would have known me before this spiritual birth that this Word of God's talking about, I tell you what, I had a birth that I can't remember. As I told y'all a little bit earlier, my earthly mother is dead. I thank God for Mary Bell. I love this woman of death. But here's the thing. I've got a birth that I can't remember. I don't know if anybody ever remembered it. I don't know that or not, but I sure did. But I got one that I can't forget. That's right. When Jesus came in my heart, my life immediately changed. Was there a thunderclap? Was there lightning? No, it was. He didn't even make the, the morning news or the evening news for that matter. <laughs> I mean, for that matter. But I'm going to tell you, it made news in heaven. It did. <laughs> you know why? That's because right. the Word of God says that even the angels rejoice in heaven. There was a change. What changed? A lost sheep come home to the fold. The prodigal son returned home. See, at birth, we was born as a sinner. We wasn't born sinning, but we was born as a sinner in need of salvation. A lot of people don't believe this in this day and age. Was you a sinner? I sure was. Ten years old, was you a sinner? I sure was. When I went down to make that profession, did I need saved? I sure did. But I didn't know. I hadn't never heard, we've got away from you, you must be born again. That's what we've got away from in this society. Because it deals with spiritual questions. You know, a whole lot more spiritual things hurt than fleshly things hurt. Because when God starts dealing with you, boy, you're talking about a hurt in your heart. You know, I preached a message one time, healing hurts. But before God can save you and before God can make a change in his in your life, if you if y'all have ever had a surgery and y'all know what I'm fixing to say, I've had a surgery. God has to make an incision and cut at your heart. And there's some things that He's got to cut out of your life after salvation. That's not going to be easy, and that's not going to that's not going to feel good. It ain't going to be pleasant. But healing does hurt. But once you get past that healing, you feel better. I had appendicitis when I was young. They had to cut me open. I couldn't find it. It took about 16 hours for them to find it. They actually had to do exploratory surgery. Well, that thing hurt for a long time. But before that, I was in so much pain. I went to the doctor. I thought the old man was crazy. He told me to jump. I'm like, Doc, I've come here and I'm sick as a dog. You won't be a jump? He said, Just jump. I tried and I cut. He said, Get appendicitis. I'm like, Is this man crazy? <laughs> told me to jump. I don't know if y'all ever experienced that, but I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> I'm like, What? How is this medicine? I couldn't jump. That's how sick I was. But that right there shows if you can still jump, your pimps are pretty good intact. But once your appendix gets in a certain, uh, certain state of mind, you can't even jump, you can't hardly move without getting sickness. That pill, that told that old man, I'm worried about that, you know, that I was sick. It's just like Jesus. When I come to Jesus, I was sick. I didn't even know how sick I was, folks. I was sick. I was lost. And now I'm on my way to a place called hell. And I didn't have no idea because I had been deceived. I'm not saying man deceived me, but I deceived my own heart by by. The Word of God says by confessing with thy mouth. But here's the thing. If you don't put confessing and believing with the heart into action, all you're saying is a, a set of words. You can call out the name of Jesus, but it doesn't mean anything until the blood's applied. And how is the blood applied? When you realize that it's a literal thing that you're dying on the way to a place to go. It becomes real in your heart and in your life. That's when you know that the Lord is, is dealing with you. 
And I tell you, it's a sad thing. I've seen it. I've seen it seen time and time again. People, I've had people say, well, you know, I was saved when I was such and such years old. I said, amen, that's wonderful. But did you get born again? They looked at me confused. They're like, what are you talking about born again? Because we're going to get into it here in a little bit, but... How can you know without the Word of God? The Word of God is for correction, reproof, it's for chastisement. Chastisement doesn't feel good, but like I said earlier, healing hurts to receive the healing touch of God. Sometimes it's going to hurt in our life. Amen? And it says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Bible God, the Word of God, the Bible just told us that God's telling us that you can't look into my heart and tell if I'm saved or not. I can't look at your heart and it's just like the wind. I know there's wind out there right now because I can see little leaves mo- uh, mo- uh, moving and everything. But I can't tell you if coming in this direction, that direction. And once it leaves, I can't tell you where it's headed from. I can't, but I know that there's wind there and I know there is a change because the leaves is moving. But I can't, I can't identify that. That's just like I hope and pray that everybody in here, everybody in here that is saved and going to a place called heaven. But the reality of it is, is if preachers assume that, we have no one to preach to. And so in the in the days churches, we've got a little complacent, we've got a little comfortable. We want everybody to love us. We want everybody to be our friends. God didn't call me. I think God didn't call me to a beauty pastor because I'd lose that one for sure. <laughs> but it didn't call me to be popular. He didn't call me to make you feel good. I want to make you feel good. I want you to have a blessed time when, it, when it's concerned the house of the Lord and the things of the Lord. But the reality of it is it's not everything concerning the Lord Jesus Christ is beautiful and doesn't make you feel good. The Bible says over in Isaiah chapter 50, it says, Surely that He was wounded for our transgressions. Now, if you would have seen the Lord Jesus Christ and what He had to go through to make this salvation possible, it was not a beautiful thing. It was beautiful to God. It goes on to say in Isaiah, it says that He valued the bruise, that He was pleased they bruised Him. You're saying, what? How could God the Father be pleased by His Son being wounded? Because it brought the sheep home. That's why I'm standing here. Without that bruise, without them stripes, without that cross, I'd not be standing before you today. I wouldn't be alive. He gave me an opportunity in life. Before that, the Word of God says that we was dead in trespasses. But I thank God that He was wounded. And when I, when I still think about that, I don't know about y'all, but when I think about everything that He went through, it still does something inside of my heart. Even though He saved me, because I went out and I, I named the name of Jesus from the time I was 10 until I was 7. That's 7 years that I run. And that 7 years before I was saved, I got on alcohol, I got on drugs at the age of 13. It's the first time I ever tasted drugs. I had a so-called friend that says, take it, try it one time, you'll like it, it'll be okay, everything will be okay. I listened. I used the things that happened to me in my life. My mother, my father dying. I didn't feel like I was loved even though I had a precious grandma that raised me up. That gave me everything that I needed. She was the spiritual leader in the home. She would read me this word of God. She would pray for me every day. But still yet I run around in this old world. I'm not proud of this today. But I've done a lot of things in my life. 
I was growing up in church all my life from a young man. And still, still I went down the wrong path. Was it because my grandma didn't love me? No. Was it because God didn't love me? No. It's because I had a choice. It was just like I was talking a while ago. We're all born a sinner. And I went down the wrong path, but I'm glad that He never gave up on me. So if God can make that change in my life, He can make that change in anybody's life. At one point, I thought I was too far gone. How would you like to be in a state of mind that everybody thought you were saved? You're running around here, doped up, high on drugs and everything else, and then you, uh, you did whatever you want to in a week, and you expected the church to be some kind of preacher's boy because my grandpa was a preacher, a preacher's boy on Sunday and Wednesday. You know what that was? That's how you spell misery. I was miserable. I was dying in my sin, deceiving my heart, because I didn't know nothing about you must be born again. Say, preach, that's a little hard preaching. I know it is, but I preach you because I love you. Just as Jesus loved you, he loves you way more than I ever could have loved But I preach this because I love you, because if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, not to make a choice for Christ is to make a choice. Because the Word of God says at the moment that you die, your last breath, it says to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. That only applies to the Christians. If you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not nothing that's hard. It's not nothing that costs money. It's a free gift. But all too often we reject it. Just as I rejected it, we all too often said, I'm okay. I don't need this. I don't have, I don't need what I'm a good person. You know how many good people are in hell today? Boy, if we could just pull this floor back and we could see. If we could just see how many souls said, Lord, I was a good person. I told others about you. Boy, it would break our heart if we really, really knew who was in a place called hell. I know that's some hard preaching, but that's what the Lord's put on my heart. Because I don't want, I don't want nobody to know what come to me to go to hell. I don't want nobody. You know, the Bible says even love our enemies. You know, somebody that I don't have no enemies that I know of, hopefully. But if I do, and somebody does dislikes me to the point of hatred, I don't wish them to go to a place called hell. I don't wish that on nobody. And that's why I'm trying to preach to you today. I want to preach to you the love of Jesus Christ today. And you must be born again. Said Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How could th- these things be? Jesus said unto him, Art thou the master of Israel, and knowest not of these things? Now, so how does that relate to your life? I was growing up in the church, wore a three-piece suit. I was younger than him. Younger than him. Going to church all the time. Just like this, he was, the Word of God identifies this man was a religious ruler. And he did not know you must be born again. What are you trying to say, preacher? What I'm trying to say, this man Nicodemus, that stood up in the synagogues and told about God, didn't even know his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and this Word of God's did find that he was lost and he was on the way to a place called hell. That's what I'm trying to preach to you today. Amen? Well, ain't that sad? That's a sad state to be in. To be a, a, a real religious person that don't even know how to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I tell you what, that, that's the state I was in, but it was sad. It says right here, it says, Verily, very I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we, we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. Boy, them are sad words. He has not received. He's telling these things. And in his heart, see Jesus, he's omnipresent. He knows everything. He knows what was going on 
And Nicodemus Horse, what was Nicodemus saying? Nicodemus saying, well, you know, I've been in the religious thing all my life. Let's apply this to the day. The day's time today. Well, I told him it was about baptism. And I ain't going to get saved no more because I went to the river and I was baptized. What we got going on in today's side. But you know, that ain't what the Word of God said. That's not how the Bible says that we're to be saved. It says that we must call upon, that we must believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be born again. In other words, if somebody comes down, just say this old-fashioned offer comes down here and repeats the Word, even word by word from this Bible, and you don't see no change, and no change comes about in our life, and Jesus don't move in here, there's no salvation been made. The Bible says that He'll set you free. What does He set you free? First and foremost, He sets you free from being the prisoner of sin. Does that mean that we're not going to sin? We are going to sin. Do I sin? Unfortunately, I do. Do I want to? Here's the big change. It goes from being willing sin to unwilling sin. So when I sin, it's not willing sin. I don't uh, wake up in the morning and choose to sin. I don't wake up in the morning. Thank God He took it all from me. But before I chose Jesus, I woke up thinking about alcohol. Thinking about drugs. I don't wake up that way no more. So what happened? Jesus happened. Amen. We're going to be putting on a rally June the 1st, 2019. It's called Break Every Chain. Break Every Chain. So why is that? Because we're living in a, a society. In Rockingham County, Stokes County, there's a drug epidemic now going on today. You wouldn't believe these children... How old are you, son? Tell them how old y'all. He's 12 years old. Y'all want y'all want to know something that's really, really heartbreaking? There's children. This this boy's age, this girl's age right here in this county that's on drugs. So how are they on drugs? Because the mom and daddy, while they're passed out, they try. Let's see what all this is about. Sad. It's because we have left our first love, the Lord Jesus Christ. We was born as sinners. But some of us go to church day after day after day. We don't need the call of salvation. Not true salvation. We want to just do it our way. We're living today, have it your way. But it's not about your way. It's about the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the way He said. Except the man be born again. Amen. It says, If I have told you of earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe? If I tell you of heavenly things. Now the word of God is identifying right here between heavenly and earthly things. They're way different from the Bible says and identifies to us that our ways and thoughts are not God's ways and thoughts. Well, sometimes we try to make our thoughts His thoughts. Sometimes we try to tell God, well, if you just do this, Lord, I'll do this. Well, don't work that way. I went down that road, it don't get you nowhere but back into misery. Well, I tell you what, we gotta we gotta take heed when the, when the, when he talks to us, and it says, and as Moses lifted. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of man, man be lifted up. That, boy, I like this right here. Verse 15, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Stop right there and talk to you about this word perish. We're living in a perishing world. The Bible identifies that we're living in perilous times. So what is perilous time? Perilous time is a path fraught with danger. One that we're living in. That we are living in dangerous times. But you know what? We're also living in perishing times. We're living in times where people think just because they're good to somebody, they are dying. The Word of God saying perish. You know what this word perish is identifying here in the context? 
It's to be eternally separated from the love of God. Right now, each and every one of us is capable of feeling the presence and the love of God. You ever walked outside and you seen a little bird or you seen a little or had an interaction with the animal? That's the love of God that's right here on earth. Because God had enough love. Y'all ever had a dog or a cat that loved on you? Well, that's how we experience the love of God. So what are you trying to say? He is the creator. He created it all. But I'm going to tell you, what would it be like? If you ever had a dog, I've had many dogs that I've had in the past, and that's passed on. That's sad. I've got a cat, and I eat a cat perfect. we got a cat right now that I love to be. I tell you, it's stupid for everybody else. But you know, if that cat was took away from us, it died. You know what? Break my heart. This old big old boy might just get a tear too. It would, it would tear my heart up. So why are you using this? Because, now think about this. You was born as a sinner, as a child. Whatever your age is now, you've been able to feel the love of God. Did you imagine? When you close your eyes to this, never to feel the love of God again. That's what this word curse means. Did you imagine? We know love. Every one of us has had a type of love in here. Whether it's mother, dad, father, brother, sister, uncle, children, husband, wife. Could you imagine? Never been able to feel love again. That's what this word perish means. It's simple, but I tell you what, if it just gets a hold of your heart, this word perish, that we should not perish, but have ever, uh, eternal life. Now this eternal life is talking about forever living with God. That's what I was talking about earlier when it says, in the Bible, the Word of God identifies to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're in that presence, that eternal life with Him. Now, the Bible talks about that we'll receive a glorified body once we die. What does that mean? That means there'll be no more wheelchairs. That means all the elements in our bodies, our sight will be returned to us. But you know, here's the sad reality. I want to stop and say this because the whole ghost is putting on my heart. A lot of preachers won't preach this. God's put it on my heart. I'm going to preach this to you. I can give you the back it up. Because you know that everybody will have an opportunity to go to hell. So wait a minute, preacher. Everybody will. Mm-hmm. Read the Bible. Amen. But I want to tell you a sad reality. That when it's, it's going to take this for some to realize that it's over. Because of their own sin. The Bible says, In that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not confess in my name? Did I not cast out devils? And I will say unto them, Depart from me, you workers of the people, for I never knew you. Boy, ain't that sad? So we're going to give an account. We're going to stand before the judgment day. The white seat throne is what the Bible says. This is in heaven. Where does God live? So all of us, even as sinners that die, we're all, it says that we're all, it's appointed all once, all, all, not some, but all, will die. And after this, the Bible says there's going to be a judgment. Judgment. So when we stand before God, this judgment, He's going to say, depart from me. That's the last time you'll ever be in the presence of the Lord. Can y'all imagine that? That's if you're lost. Now, if you're saved, you get to live on, hallelujah. It's the eternal life. But if you're lost, that's the last time that you'll ever be in the presence of the love of God. I don't know if that'll get like it gets me, but boy, there's no longer. So what are you trying to say, preacher, man? That means that we're going to have lost loved ones that we're not going to get to go to heaven with. 
Now this, I'm not just took a sad note, but this is reality. This is why we got to preach it. Because this is a reality that will all, not some, but all will face. We will face God, whether it be, the Bible says whether it be good or whether it be bad, we're going to face God. Whether it be sins or whether it be the righteousness that we've done in this earth. And by the way, it's not of ourselves. The righteousness is not of ourselves. It's of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says right here that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Boy, I'm glad that He loved the world. He loved me when I was down in sin and down in the deep, dark uh, depression and despair. When I didn't, couldn't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, He still loved me. He was with me every step of the way. I'm so thankful. You know, I'm just thankful that I got in. I'm thankful for all the blessings, but I'm just thankful that I got in. Because, you know, I can't remember what year my mind's been affected by that accident. She knows the year. She can tell you. But it's been about eight years ago or so. She can tell you. I don't know exactly. I had a major truck accident, tractor truck. I shouldn't be here today. That should kill me. But... The Lord gave me a second chance. And you say, why do you think that happened? Because I disobeyed the Lord. Was you saved, preacher? Yes, I was. The Lord was calling me to preach, calling me to minister. So, Lord, you got the wrong man. I can't speak. I've never been a good public speaker. I can't even hardly talk to English. language a long spell half of it. You know what I'm saying? I've never been a, I mean, you know, I ain't the sharpest tool of children, I ain't the dumbest one neither, you know, the dullest one. But, you know, I've never been an educated person. I never thought I had what it took, and I still don't. I'm glad that the Word of God says that all things are possible. All things are possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. But I should have been dead, but He gave me a sacred opportunity in life to obey Him and do His will. Well, I'm thankful for that. So for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad that the Bible said everlasting. For God sent not His uh, Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Now that's a blessing right there. God didn't come to condemn us. He didn't send His Son to point out every little fault that we have. He didn't come to say, you know what, this one's alright, this one's alright, but I, I can't use them. They're not going to come. He didn't come in condemnation. Therefore, Jesus hasn't condemned us. He didn't write us off. Ain't you glad that He didn't write us off? Yes, sir. I don't, hey, you can be the best person. You can grow up church all your life. Never drunk a drop of alcohol. Never uh, did any kind of drugs. Uh, never wrote a bad check, never done anything that was illegal against man's law or God's law, and still by the way. But I'm glad that God can save a person that's never done nothing wrong, quote unquote, just as he can as the, the drug dealer, the alcohol, the alcohol, he can save anybody. So what are you trying to say? There is no, uh, if the Bible says no respect for persons, there is no good or bad when it comes to the Lord. There is no way you've done this too much, didn't you? or you haven't been bad enough. I'm glad you, hey, well, what would it be if he said, well, you know what, you haven't been bad enough. You don't need, you don't need nothing. Well, what would we be unless? I'm glad the Bible said, whosoever, whosoever. It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but 
but he that believeth not is condemned already. And the reason what this is saying right here, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. It's because we're living, like I said, as you're a sinner as birth, you're living in condemnation because of your life outside and apart from Jesus Christ. It's not because He doesn't love you. It's not because uh, He's not willing to save you. But when you're living a life apart from Him and not in Jesus Christ, you're living in condemnation. Because He has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. That's what the Word of God says. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. And so what does that mean, preacher man? It says right here that the light is coming to the world. The light of the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as ambassadors of Christ, as saved, born again child of God, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to represent this light. What does that mean? That means we're to, we're to preach, we're to, we're, to, we're to talk, we're to witness, we're to approach the eternal life. Supposed to live the Christian walk. And that's not easy, especially in the day and age we're living in. It's hard to let your light so shine. Because there's been some days I just wanted to hide it under a bushel. Like that old song, Hide It Under a Bushel Mode. What's, what's the name of this little light of mine? That's what it is. It's done that long time. Sometimes I want to hide it under a bushel. It's not easy sometimes when you got to, and when the Lord deals with your heart to speak to somebody or, or witness to them. It's not always easy. But the Word of God says, if you be ashamed of me, I also, my Father will be ashamed of you. Man, if that ever hits your heart, and you think, boy, I thought about that a couple of times. And the Holy Ghost has dealt with me when I go to California. Some of you know, some of you might not, but I drive a truck. So I live. I go to California. There's been a couple old big old boys, way bigger than me. I look down like, I don't know about this. The Lord's like talking to me. If they don't want, they might punch my face in, you know. So it's not always easy, you know. And I said, Lord, you're just going to have to help me. You know, some of the people that I didn't even want to talk to, why do y'all have a reason why you don't want to talk to certain people? Not be scared. Mine wasn't so much the same as, you know, I didn't want to start with nobody bringing me or whatever. But they're some of the lovest, lovest people that you've ever seen. Some of them either uh, say or are or, or, or looking or searching for the answer. And Jesus is the answer that we're looking for. That's exactly why Jesus, but there has been times that the Lord has dealt with me to speak, and I did. And then the chastisement said, and the whooping said, from the Lord. Think about that. Be ashamed. Well, I bet he was pretty ashamed to leave me. Saved and done all that, sent his son, then I can't even tell somebody. About him and what he's done for me and the change he's made in my life. Well, I'll tell you what, that brought tears to this old boy's eyes. Boy, but I'm glad that he loves me enough to chase me because the Bible says, Whom he loveth, he chasteneth. And if there's no chastisement, if you can still do wrong and still sin and it don't bother you in here, if that small, still voice don't talk to you, you might want to talk to the Lord because something might be wrong. We're going to turn over to, uh, I'm trying to get done, I just want to. Preach what the Lord's put on my heart. We're going to turn over to the book of Romans. It's going to be in uh, chapter 10, verse 8. It's going to be the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 8. 
The Bible right here says, but what saith it? Now, by the way, this it is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's what I'm trying to preach to you. I'm trying to preach this word to you. I'm not trying to preach my opinions or my thought process or anything like that right there. I want to preach what I was preaching out of a while ago was Jesus' very words when he said, Verily, verily. He said, Surely, surely. I'm telling you this is a truth. I'm taking I'm telling you this so that you accept it. And if you accept what I'm telling you in these words, and you believe in me and you trust my words, you will be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in thy heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He said, That sounds real, real easy. It is simple. There's nothing that you have to say, there's no magnificent words. You don't even have to change anything in your life. You know, there was a time that I really wanted to get saved before the Spirit actually met me when I was 17 years old. I wanted to make a change in my life. And I actually tried to. I said, I'm going to be a different person. All this, all this up. I'm just I'm going to change my life. You ever heard of a new leaf? I turned over a new leaf and I built it. I stood like that. I tried to turn that new leaf. I tried to make that change. I tried to get off of those alcohol. I tried to put skills on my little old grandma. I tried to put all these things. I tried to be a better person. I tried to live right all week long for for Sunday school. I'm here to tell you, I feel that leaf. I turned over, and it just will. It didn't last very long because I wasn't trying to do it with the Lord. But with the Lord's help, and He called me. Say, so what did He call you unto salvation? True salvation. My grandma, the very verses that I'm reading now, when the Lord started dealing my heart on Wednesday night, I mean, He preached, the man be born again, you must be born again. That's what He was preaching. I asked my grandma all kinds of questions. I don't know if you say or not. I can't tell. I can't tell your heart. But when she got to reading, she got to reading a little over in John, like we just preached on, and this right here, this wind, it come real in my life. It's not hard. But if you try to do it by yourself, the Bible says, let the Father call. If, if the Spirit's not dealing with you about salvation and you try to make this change or you try to get saved, you'll get nowhere. Because it says it's not of yourself. It's not of yourself. And it also says that the righteousness and all this is not of ourselves. It says it's not of ourselves unless we should boast. That's we would boast on how good we are. But I thank God that when Jesus comes into your life, it makes a change. It says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Now, now right here we got two things that's involved. It says confess. And this confession is the sin. Come to him the realization and say, God, I am a sinner. And I am in need of you today. There's no special words that you got to say. You don't have to repeat uh, a, a special prayer. All you got to do is know what the Word of God, the right way to go about it. And you do business with God. Whatever that is, whatever the words between you and Him is, nobody else has to know about it. I thank God for that. It is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the, mouth, uh, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the, whole, for the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on Him should not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all 
is rich unto, unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's what I'm trying to preach to you today is Jesus. I don't know your hearts today, but if you've never come to the realization that you are a sinner, and you never come to know the Lord Jesus Christ today, I ask you, why wait? We're none. This Word of God right here that I'm holding my sin, my hand says that we're not promised tomorrow. Life, life is like a vapor. It's like a grain of sand. So what do you mean by that? You know, God holds us in His hand. Even if we're not saved. This breath that I've got that He's allowed me to preach today is, the Bible says that it's Him. It's His breath of life. That's why I'm, I'm living today. My very breath is because God allows me to have it. But you know, just like that, if God calls me home, He can call me home right now and I drop like this. But I know right now if that was to happen, if my heart was to stop, I know where I'd be. I know that the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I know that. There was a time in my life I couldn't report that if I died, well, my answer would have been, I don't know. Because I didn't have a peace in my heart about salvation. I didn't have a peace in my heart about Jesus. I know His name. I know God. I know, I know. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. I believed everything that the preacher preached. I believed all of it. So what changed? It don't just take me knowing Him. He's got to know me. He's got to know my name. So how does He know your name? Because my name has now been written down in the book of life. I don't know your heart today, but if anybody here today, if God's still with you, and you'd like somebody to talk to, all you got to do, I believe you can get with any one of us in here. Are you going to me? And I believe, I believe uh, they'd be going to take a little Bible and show you what God talks about and how to be saved. Salvation, Lord. Lord, that's between you and them, Lord. But, Lord, I ask that 
you make a great work in their life, a movement in their life, Lord. Lord, we're, we're asking for revival in this county, Lord. In Stokes County, Lord, Lord, we ask that you just continue to drive our heart. We just had the Santa Rita's Tent Revival, Lord, but we ask, Lord, that you just continue to stir and just touch our heart, Lord. Lord, we need to touch. Lord, I know that sometimes it seems that the devil and all the evil in this world is ruling and reigning, Lord, but we know that you're still on the throne, Lord. We know that you're still in control, Lord. Lord, we have a burden, a real heavy burden, Lord, for this lost and dying world, Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you just use us to make a difference, Lord, to be obedient to your will, Lord. Lord, thank you and praise for all that you do. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.